What is an intro? Ask me what my favorite food is. <laughs> God, are we really doing this? Ask me what my favorite food is. I, I know this isn't true. The answer that you're going to give isn't true. It's just what you're enjoying right now. What's your What's your favorite food? Chocolate. What? <laughs> <laughs> Bet you thought I was going to say potatoes. I really did. <laughs> I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Viewing. A podcast where we watch every movie in our library from A to Z. And this week we're watching... The Martian by Ridley Scott. Based on a novel that I had to read for a class about the sci-fi re- related to Mars by Andy Weir. So, well, the novel was by Andy Weir. The uh, class was taught by a prominent sci-fi <laughs> artist. My class author. was by a... <laughs> Award-winning novel. Well, writer. Okay, so was my, but it was by an award-winning. Oh, novel. really? <laughs> yeah, Kathleen Goonan, who uh, who is a pretty prominent sci-fi writer and is a professor at Georgia Tech. So it's pretty cool. It was cool to like learn sci-fi from someone who writes it. It was really cool. This is an interesting movie because, so I feel like a lot of Martian sci-fi is either like far future, like. Mars has been fully colonized or it's like the very first colonizations of Mars. You okay, know, there's only one other thing that I know in media that's about Mars. And it's what? Say the name. The Expanse. Yes. Great, great show. Great book series. Good, good times had by all. But there's so much about Mars, like Total Recall, like Ad Astra, they're on Mars. They, they, they go to Mars. Ruth oh, Meg they is do. There. They do. Yeah. Briefly. Briefly, but it's an important scene. I guess. It's an important scene because it has the... the It has the guy who was in The Expanse, too. You know what it. I'm more interested in than Mars? What are you more interested the in? The moon. What about the moon? I love how in sci-fi we've all decided that that's our next stopping point, and we're all going to try to build giant airports on the moon. Well, yes. The moon makes a lot of set. This is like an entire thing. We studied this, actually, in that class that I was talking about. Like, the potential for future colonization. A lot of plans involve using the moon essentially as a spaceport. Like, using it as a place to build ships in vacuum where they won't necessarily be, like, as contaminated by, like, Earth, essentially. So what does like- that have to do with reviewing the literature? <laughs> well... So we, we read a lot about the literature, but we, like, learned about, like, the background, too. It was fun. This was a good class. Hmm. This was a really Sus. good class. No, it was a great class. <laughs> We're going to steer you around and not make you actually read literature. We're going to talk about colonizing the moon. <laughs> no, we did both. Like, we read, like, we read about, like, okay, so, like, uh, Kim Stanley Robinson, who's a good sci-fi author, who uh, I have a few books by, who I wrote my band's most popular song based on one of his short stories um that's that's a shout out for anyone from under the couch who's listening to this i know you're probably not but (laughs) um he he wrote a book called red mars where like a lot of it did involve like getting to the moon and then going to mars like that so like a lot of it was like this is 
the way that we could actually get to Mars, and this is how it's portrayed in literature. Like, I don't know. It's fascinating. I love it. We also did talk about War of the Worlds because it's the first... Oh my gosh. Yeah, War of the Worlds is, is a really yes. good example of Mars and literature. So. Yeah. Yes. All right. This book is notable because... This movie. This movie... Well, we, we got to talk about yeah, the we book do, a little we do, bit. Yeah, we do. We do. I devoured it. Yeah. I think you did too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, surprising. Like, you borrowed it for me like almost right after I finished reading it for class, if I yeah, remember correctly. Yeah, back when I had time to read. That was cool. <laughs> and then just tore right into it. Yeah, and it, I felt... Okay, I don't know a lot about... <laughs> planting potatoes or colonizing other planets but it seemed pretty accurate with the scientific stuff well if i remember correctly andy weir was like writing it online and like checking with people yeah to get the yeah science i'm sure he got possible. like science reddit to help him which it's definitely interesting the things that they gloss over in this that were like very very thoroughly explained yeah, in the book i have to say that's one disappointment of the movie is they did kind of dumb it down for the people watching, and they didn't go into detail of, like... So they did show him, like, being a scientist and documenting everything, but... Mm-hmm. The only thing that they... Expl- and, and they also didn't explain that his background is in both botany, but also, like, engineering as right. well. Because, like, it wouldn't make sense that a botanist would know how no. to do... <laughs> how to make water out of rocket a fuel. A botanist you know? can't code unless they, like... That was their best hobby that they liked. <laughs> like, yeah, so, like... Now, do I know mechanical engineers who dabble in botany? Absolutely. You do? I I know of them. I don't know of any. Listen, you, you, you go to Georgia Tech, you meet like 20 mechanical engineers on like any given day. They've all got niche interests. A lot of the ones I know, it seems to be synthesizers. Wow, I'm glad they're so special. <laughs> no one else is special like Georgia Tech students. Ridley Scott. Let's talk about Ridley Scott for a second. Background. Sounds made up. <laughs> Sounds like a pseudonym. Highly influential director. Can you imagine that being your name? Well, if that was my name, then I would have directed Alien. So, like, I'd be pretty uh, happy yeah, with that. Yeah, that'd be pretty... Like, wait, like, Alien, like... Like, Alien. Like, Sigourney Weaver, Alien. Like, 1960s Alien? Wait, you what is that? Alien was from the 60s? 80s? I'm pretty sure... 80s. I don't know. Late There's no more 70s, great movie ride. Baby. I can't. 79. Same 19... thing. So right on the edge of the 80s. Ridley Scott's prolific though. Like he's made, he made this, he made Blade Runner, the first one. Um, and I think he wrote the screenplay for the second one for Blade Runner 2049, which Denis Villeneuve made, which I think. Wait, the first Blade Runner? Yeah, he made the first Blade Runner. I think it was boring. It was, but it wasn't, you know? It's like, it, it was, I, I think the tone is part of it. But I'd like to try it again. Notably, he made Gladiator. Mm. Russell Crowe? Have yeah. I never made I you Russell much? Crow. Yeah. There's also that other one that's not Gladiator that I think of every time I hear Gladiator. Oh, which one is that? About the Roman soldiers. Ro- are you thinking of HBO's Rome? No. <laughs> A movie. Are We've you... watched it. I think I vaguely... The weird, like, seer scene. Oh, you're thinking 300. Yeah, it's not 300. You, Are they Greek? You, yeah, they're Greek. They're Spartans. I don't know. They all you look made, the same. You made the Kanye mistake. You know, keep it 300 like the Romans. You know, that's probably why I'm so confused. 300 bitches were the Trojans, you know? God. 
What happened to that man? We're not we're not going there. Let's not talk about nope. that. Let's not talk about nope. that right now. But like he's made a, a lot of movies. A lot of movies. You only named like five. Is that a lot? No. Well, he made that uh the Russell Crowe Robin Hood, which was fine. Hmm. I mean, J- Oscar Isaac played uh Prince John and Leia Seydoux played his wife. What? Yeah, you forgot about that, didn't you? Didn't you? I love watching Oscar Isaac play these like bratty villain roles because he's actually pretty. He's an actually a bratty villain. No, he's not. Uh, oh, uh, let's see, let's see. Black Hawk Down, good war movie. Heard of that one? Yeah. Don't think I've seen it. Uh, let's see. Oh, The Duelists, which we started watching, what? but it had. What is that? It's. I I started watching it and then it had commercials in the. Is app. it about magic? No, it's about two officers in the Napoleonic Wars who have a like a long an ongoing feud and duel they each other. They love each other? No, they don't love each other. See, this is not hooking me. <laughs> He's, uh, he also directed like Alien Covenant and like, okay, I he, think, he did a lot okay, of he stuff. did a lot of movies. American right. Gangster. He, he I don't works know that with one. Russell Crowe a lot. I mean, I get it. He made the uh, sequel to Silence of the Lambs. Do you think he got anything off of that Hannibal. divorce sale? Wait, he made Silence of the Lambs? No, he made the sequel to Silence oh, of the Lambs. Oh, I was like, that's not true. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's correct. Very it is untrue. not true. <laughs> this feels like a quiz now. Did he make Gods of Egypt? I don't, oh, no, Exodus, keep, Gods, and Kings. You yes. keep naming things I've never heard of. Ridley Scott is a pretty prolific okay. director, especially in like the blockbuster genre, so okay. he, which is why he's a you pretty know, good fit for this. He The feel of the movie makes more sense now. You know, what it do you did think about feel like, like, like Gladiator. Adapted like, for Blockbuster in yeah. a way. And I think it, I don't remember how it, much money it made. I it think wasn't it, a Blockbuster, I don't think. I think you might be surprised by that. I'm about to look up the Martian mm-hmm. Blockbuster stats. Oh, wait, no. Let me just look up the Martian. Not Block, you don't call that Blockbuster. You call that. No. <laughs> Revenue? Yeah. Block, box office. Box, that's the one. Yes. <laughs> What's the year dividends for? <laughs> 2015 this came out a lifetime ago mm-hmm oh wow maybe it was a little disappointing huh it i mean it made 172 million dollars which is wow. probably it sounds smaller than it is but against a budget mm-hmm. of Oh, oh, the oh, other movies wait, you no, named no, no. probably on its, were on its American on its American run, though. So total, it made six hundred thirty million against a budget of one hundred eight million. Wow, it made a lot in foreign revenue. Then, I mean, let me let me just let usually me... American is the most, isn't it? Sometimes, but a lot of it can be made up. I mean, you see that a lot with like action movies and stuff right, like that. Right, but this is, I mean, this is arguably like. In some way, it's a, a lot of it is language, but I feel like it's the kind of movie that you can enjoy. Like, let me put it this way: my dad would enjoy this movie, but he wouldn't enjoy like Ad Astra. You know? Yeah, Ad Astra is weird, though. Ad Astra is weird. <laughs> Apparently, it um, it did better. Th- oh, in comparison, in comparison to others. Space film. So it opened worse than than Gravity and Interstellar, funnily enough. That's not surprising. But it's, it's okay. like three years... 
we were watching it we were like oh we recognize like everyone in this movie but not a lot of those people were like at their stacked level yet well yes they were you think so 2015 in 2015 matt well matt damon's been huge for years this is and it's funny because i remember people were like i just don't know if i can watch the martian after watching interstellar because matt damon as an astronaut is evil in interstellar see that made me want to watch it more (laughs) But I already knew what happened, so I guess I think that's I, the I, difference. I just think we were at a, a moment of like space disasters were feeling kind of saturated at the movies. Like yeah. to to be fair, this episode is going to be titled, I'm pretty sure, Space Disaster Part Four, because this is like our fourth space disaster uh, movie. Is it? Yeah, because we've watched Apollo thirteen, we've watched Gravity, and we've watched Interstellar. Wow. Now I want to watch that Ryan Gosling movie where he goes to space. There's a Ryan Gosling. Isn't there? Is that a Ryan Gosling? I don't know what you're talking about. What am about. I thinking of? Hmm. What? Hmm. I, I, I cannot think of a Ryan Gosling. Oh, yes. you. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. First Man. That one. When he plays Neil Armstrong and yes. Claire, Fo- Claire Foy is his wife. Yes. <sighs> that one is good. Do you, do, you, do you think that we like undervalue Claire Foy maybe? All the time. Like, I think... I didn't want to watch The Crown for so long, mostly because I was just getting really mad at Philip every time I watched it. But the first one seems to be the best season the so first, far. The first two seasons. Yeah. Abs- I mean, okay. Claire Foy in the first two seasons, divine. Tobias Menzies in the last two seasons, fantastic, but we don't have enough of him. Tobias Menzies in Outlander, spectacular. Mm, mm, Tobias... The writing for it's Tobias Menzies' fault. character in it's Outlander. It's not his fault. Awful. Yes. <laughs> Tobias Menzies can do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. though. Like, it makes me want to rewatch HBO's Rome, because he plays he plays Brutus in that. Tobias Menzies does. Okay. We, we need to give that another shot. I'm telling you. I guess. I'm telling you. We, we could enjoy that a lot, I, mm. think. I think. I think we would. Having... Seems like it's probably barely about Rome. It is a lot about Rome. Is it? I've watched it. Specifically, the, there's the, the part where Julius cross, Caesar crosses the Rubicon and like drives out Pompey. Like That's like the entire first... <sighs> <laughs> anyway, space. Space movies. The final frontier. These are the voyages of Mark Watney. <laughs> <laughs> One man, his his four year mission to not starve when he's not been given enough enough food to last ninety days. See, okay, I can I just tell you how genius it is to pick the potato though. Oh yeah, like, oh it's it's a convenient skin. It's a convenient loophole. Vitamins and minerals. It is a convenient loophole that they the they worked into it. Tender and beautiful. It is great. Though. Goes great with ketchup and salt the, and pepper. The choice to f- to only show Mark up until the point where they, he could feasibly be found by NASA when he's been moving stuff is brilliant because you feel the isolation that he feels in that movie when you can only see him. Yeah. Like, I like the video diary style of the book and the movie too. Yeah, because it's because the book is, is like entire. Well, no, not entirely. It's it's epistolary until we see Matt, until we see NASA. Is so that like, who? I've talked about this before. Epistolary books are books that are made up of letters, newspaper articles, etc., etc. It's it's books that per, that 
show themselves as like compilations of other material as a way to like recreate a history in a way. So like Dracula is the is one of the best mm, examples mm-hmm. of this, or Frankenstein, which is made up of like diary entries, you know. Mm. So so in a so in a way, it's like uses uh, until we get to NASA, it's entirely made up of Mark's diary entries. So the movie is not so much that because you you get the diary entries intercut with like the camera in the scenes. I think it might have been cooler if we had more. If it had more of like a found footage vibe entirely yeah. up until there, and like that's the other the thing that the movie differs on is it shows how Mark, like, it shows how Mark got stranded, whereas we just wake up in the book. It just dives in with like I'm fucked. I so yeah. Here's the weird thing: is it kind of drives away the sense of danger. So even though you see him get deserted, you're like, well, yeah, they're gonna come back for him, obviously. It's like we know. It's like we know the uh, the premise already, but like we don't so, get to interact with the crew until so right. much. Like I think the choice to show the crew, it like weakens it. I think at the beginning because well, I, I let me tell you, the crew's kind of weak in this movie. The crew doesn't see like. They're like, yeah, da, 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 we're astronauts, and yeah, we're, we're kind of skilled. I guess I guess we're going to go rescue Mark. We don't really have a lot of passions. We're going to give a speech about it, but we're not really they, that do, well, into I mean, it. To be fair, the entire thing was like, is that Jessica Chastain's character is supposed to be like the cool collected commander, you know? But she didn't read military to me. She claimed, like, she, she's like... She read military to me because she was able to keep cool under pressure. Her... her well, and- her and, mm. and Michael Pena were, were supposed to be the two military characters. Sure, but they should. I feel like they could have been a little more. And also, Michael Pena is maybe a little too much of a goofball to ever read yes. military. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, this is this is the problem with casting people who are famous for other franchise roles in roles like this. I think because Ooh, that's a good take. That's a hot take. Well, it's it's a hot take. So once you like, franchise, you're done. Well, no, not necessarily, but like. It is hard, and I love Sebastian Stan. I think he's a lot of fun. It is hard yeah. to read. It's hard to read Sebastian Stan, and maybe it's because his face is so distinctive. I don't know. It is hard to read him as anything other than like Bucky. You know, like because he tends to get cast in these like mm. I don't know. You know, I haven't read the book in a long time, but I'm wondering if they dumbed down what they were saying. Like yes. they they blockbusterized it. That's what my, my yes, new thing. Yes, they made it a little more palatable. They, but it wasn't. It made it less realistic to me because these are supposed to be like super intelligent people that speak a certain way, or like they wouldn't be like, "All right, buds, guess we have to go get Mark." Like, <laughs> it, like I feel like that's all they said. Like they didn't really like elaborate on it or go into how the plans would work. They just kind of said, "We're doing it," and. Correcting course and well, do do. Well, it's because they'd shown it. They'd shown it in the other scenes with Donald Glover. Like NASA, the people at NASA seemed more legit, like than the astronauts. Well, yeah, because you cast a bunch. You of don't people who, send the dumb people to space, though. But it's but they. I don't know. I don't know. They cast more realistic-looking people for NASA. Is that what you're saying? I think. Well, I think they cast people who can. Who have like a certain amount of authority, and they did cast they did cast more realistic looking people for NASA, with the exception of like Mackenzie Davis as someone who is clearly written as Korean. Ooh, I love McK- I love Mackenzie Davis, but when you hear Grace Park, work who works at NASA, could pretty, it not just be it could the ARK be, like or well it doesn't help it's, it is we a much more common, is a much more common Korean last name than 
Anglo-Saxon last name. Let's just be honest with ourselves right now. And, and but, uh, for I really, I'm like, okay. I really love Chiwetel Ejiofor. I like him in, like, whatever he's in. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a pretty good American accent in this movie, if I'm, if I'm yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, but he's, like, casting a black man as someone whose last name is Kapoor is certainly a, a choice. You know, well, I mean, he specifically says my mother, my father was a Hindu and my mother was a Southern Baptist. And it's like, <laughs> which is a line, it's I a think, line. directly from the, taken directly from the book. Hmm. Uh, now, casting Sean Bean as the, as the, as the flight supervisor, I thought was great. <laughs> I like that they let him keep his accent. <laughs> Jeff Daniels as the NASA director. A, yes. A coup because he, because he's got that like natural authority thing going on mm-hmm. that natural like spokesperson thing he honed it on the newsroom i guess you could say which is a messy show a messy messy show and then Kristen wig is the pr person like i love yeah. Kristen. Kristen yeah. wig could do anything you know <laughs> we should put on our evening coolots oh my god <laughs> watch barb and star guys stream barb and star please like just just go watch it. It's a time. It's wonderful. Do you want to see Jamie Dornan doing elaborate choreography and singing? You do, actually, because he's hilarious. He is more than what he's been cast as before. Sure. I loved him in this he movie. He was good in that movie. He was great in this movie. I really also liked Andy Garcia as Tommy Bahama. But <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> um I think the the thing about this movie it's it, it's absolutely like a drama and a comedy but i think it was marketed well it was entered into the golden i don't think it was entered into the golden globes as a comedy i think huffpa decided to run it as a comedy like the hollywood foreign press association they mm-hmm. decided to classify it as a comedy which was a stupid move but the only way it was going to even compete compared to dramas because it's such an in between it's like yeah. This is the definition almost of like one of those four quadrant movies. A movie that everyone can find something that they'll enjoy in. Mm-hmm. It's popcorn as hell. You don't need a bunch of knowledge coming in to understand it because it explains along the way. Let's talk about the biggest mistake of this movie. What's the biggest mistake of this movie? The thing you pointed out when we were watching it. Oh, I, I forget. I forgot about this. Please tell me. When he's trying to get back to his... uh. Fun astronaut squad yes. of pretty people. Oh, yes. The thing that they specifically point out in the book would kill him in instance. Yeah. And that and that he should not do. And that they decide they needed to ratchet up the climax more. They need to give it more tension than it already had. As if, as if an orbital maneuver <laughs> alone isn't enough tension. Which we saw in Apollo 13 how much tension that can cause. We saw the way that they were practicing for months and months in the simulator. Yeah. And, like, how that guy getting sick changed everything and made the mission that much more perilous. Like, I think the thing is, like, we didn't need to ratchet up the peril by making him Iron Man his way over to the ship. It made no sense, but it's like they wanted to get some of that Marvel heat, I guess. As if they didn't already have it with Sebastian Stan. And they blockbustered it. It's so stupid. Uh, okay. Like, I, I hated that so much. It made me so mad. Now, things that don't make me mad are the, the jokes that they did keep from the book that 
were very nerdy, such as, if this is the Council of Elrond, I request to be referred to solely as Glorfindel. Just made me very happy. Made me very mm-hmm. happy. Happy. Mm-hmm. I did miss the... I did miss when they cut back. There's there's the scene where it's like, what do you think he's thinking right now? And in the book, they cut back to it's like, why the fuck can Aquaman talk to whales? They're not fish. That's what he says. <laughs> but they cut back to him digging on Johansson's disco collection, which he does several times later in the book and makes sense. But that's not the joke that lands there. It's not as funny because it's not as direct of a punchline. Mm-hmm. You know, like <clears throat> they cleaned it up too much, I think. Yeah. Um, but I just do want to shout out the supporting cast a little bit. Just the, the people who had like tiny little bitty roles, but like really added to it. Benedict Wong as the head of JPL, as Bruce Ing. <laughs> I swear everything we watch now has Benedict Wong in it. Because he's great. I love that guy. Okay. First of all, we know I love a fat character actor, which Benedict Wong is like a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. And he, but he like commits to all of his roles. I like his voice a lot because it's like, so he was born in the UK in Manchester, actually. Benedict Wong was. His parents are from Hong Kong. So it's, I think he, it's really cool. I think when you, when we cast like immigrant children actors to play people of that ethnicity, which is something that just shout out for Raya and the Last Dragon where he did play a prominent role and shout and but it's it was also fun to hear him doing his just straight up English accent in the uh, season 2 opener on what we do in the shadows as the necromancer mm. he's he's fun he he has this physicality that he brings to his roles first of all and like you get that and you you get that in those roles but even like his voice roles there's you can hear him behind it, you know? Like, there's... Which is the definition of a voice. I really like Benedict Wong, okay? Yeah? Every, like... You sure? I rewatched Doctor Strange to reevaluate it recently. Spe- specifically because I want, I was wanted to scratch the Chiwetel Ejiofor bitch, who we've already discussed, is in this movie as well. And, frankly, Benedict Wong and Chiwetel Ejiofor and... Mads Mikkelsen, surprising no one, carry that goddamn movie. Mads Mikkelsen is the best part of that movie. Uh, I, I think it's like, there are a lot of like really good parts of that movie. Cumberbatch is fine because that's what he is. Always. Just fine. You know? I don't think it's his fault. I, I think that I think, movie was not written very well. I, the problem is that now after having watched WandaVision, we're going to have to watch Multiverse of Madness. They... All of WandaVision, the, the last three episodes were just a setup for her to play a big role. They specifically said, you're more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, Well, yeah. Duh. Yes. We could just have a Wanda movie and move on with our lives. Forget Dr. Strange. <laughs> well, because, of the, way that the, because of the way that the Marvel Universe is set up. Misogynist, yes, continue. <laughs> they represent two opposing sides of magic. She's chaos, he's order. He's order? Yes. Oh, that's special. Isn't it special? Wow. So we'll we'll see. Cool. Anyway, let's finish talking about the Martian. Uh, okay. When the rocket exploded on the first time they were trying to do the resupply, I fucking felt that. Oof. Like, mostly because I've been seeing a lot of rockets explode lately. You have? Yeah, SpaceX's rockets keep exploding. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, SpaceX keeps testing rockets, and everything seems fine, and then they explode. 
literally they got a rocket to land and they were like yeah it all worked out two minutes later it exploded that makes me so happy it's it's almost like we have like a great space administration mm-hmm. that could be tasked with this mm-hmm. they could be mm-hmm. but we could put money there and but we, and we could be put like do you ever just think about See, how like if we cut the defense budget we could feed everyone and have a great space administration with potatoes not just with potatoes <laughs> the scene where he's i like, think if people actually paid their taxes like um cough cough jeff <laughs> cough cough elon <laughs> cough cough any corporation mm-hmm. <sighs> it's think of what we could do with all that money tax money and imagine imagine if we abolished the filibuster Mm, less effective, and imagine but... if senators didn't vote democratic okay. senators anyway, didn't vote against minimum you know wage hikes this that years like a ago great chance that to go years ago they said they the supported stands. they said made sense they can't welcome to the world of pokemakers we're professors fierce and fierce but you can call us alex and jd and we're making an all-new pokemon game but not like coding it just in podcast form what does that mean well, we're going to have discussions planning out our own region. Characters such as gym leaders, professors, and our own evil team. And of course, all new Pokemon. Check us out at Pokemakers on Twitter, on the Pocket Podcast Network, or wherever you find podcasts. Gotta, Gotta make them all. all! And anyway, that's why I think we need to repeal Citizens United and put term limits on public mm. office. So did you want to talk about the movie a little more? Possibly. <laughs> What we got left? Uh, I just oh. realized I need a I need a no, overturn, no. not repeal. Anyway, That's so the, the design on the spacesuits was pretty good. Yes, we really. I like the orange. The or- well, yeah, it's Mars. It's Mars. Mars is red. But Isn't it? it's red. They call it the red planet, but it is like an, a a burnt like orange, like a like a deep. It's like a reddish orange or an orangish red, if you really want to go there. A copper, if you will. Ooh, yes. That would be a great way to describe it. It's like one of my it's approx- colors. Yeah, approximately the color that you've been trying to get in your hair and succeeding at, I might add. Really yeah, like your hair the, right the week fate, a week after I put it in my hair is like the perfect color, but then it fades and then it's not the perfect color. Yeah, well, at least you didn't try to do what I did last week. Well. Uh, quarantine, I did... This is just an update on our life. I did, like, bleach a section of my own hair and then dye it purple. I'm proud of you. I thought you were going to, like, murder your hair and we were going to be in, like, you know, Listen, turmoil here. This hair has never had sex, so, like, it was totally fine because it was virgin hair. Is that a bad This di- show is canceled. Listen. Everyone go listen to Pokemakers. That's what's replacing we it. We didn't talk about Donald Glover at all. Well, I think I mentioned him once. He's good. We did. It, there's not much else to talk about. He's good. <laughs> Everyone in this movie does a good job, I think, with what they are given. Good I job, think, everyone. I, I think... You made a mediocre movie. <laughs> I don't think it's mediocre. I think that this is still, like, an enjoyable and good movie overall. Yeah. I d- is it one of my favorite movies? No. It's one of my like, favorite books, for sure. It's it's still, like, something that I could just throw on, like, every, like, once a year, I, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, just, it's, it's like what I might throw on to be like, hey, I need to entertain my parents for a couple of hours. That oh, wouldn't no, work I, for your mom. My, well, no. she would ask a lot of questions, but I think she'd still like it. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, 
I like this movie. I like it a lot. I think I'm about ready to rate it. Rate it. In chocolate. Potatoes. In potatoes. We're rating it in potatoes. You go first. You've been making me go first all the time lately. And I want to hear it's fun to base my rating opinion. off of yours. No. <laughs> go for it. Um, hmm. 3.2. Nice. One. 3.2. Oh my god. <laughs> 3.5. 3.5. I wow. Think, yeah. Not quite a four star, but like still. A, what were you going to give it if I hadn't gone first? 3.5. You sure? I'm pretty sure. I wasn't, I wasn't going to give it like a four point, a four, like at all. No. It was going to be, it was going to be in the three range. It okay. wasn't going to be three. Fair enough. Like 3.5. I think it's absolutely halfway between a three and a four. What are we watching next? I'm pretty sure I know, so I'm not going to double check it. I'm just going to call this shot. And you might not like it, but I'm calling it. I think you might enjoy it because it is like a costume drama. It's a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, no. The film adaptation starring. It's pretty rare that we have one in our collection that I haven't seen. Yeah, this is one that I bought a while ago. Oh, I'm nervous. It's good. It's good. Mm Mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci's in it. You like Stanley Tucci. Who doesn't like Stanley Tucci? You, I watched him make a Negroni that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's what he's doing every night. I, I would. You know, if... I, I do have the stuff to... I could make a Negroni right now. Do it right now. I'm going to. We're part of the Pocket Podcast <laughs> Network. There's a new show. That new show? You already heard the promo What's it for. about? It's... It's about making a Pokemon game. It's so cool. It's, I'm excited. Yeah, it's called Pokemakers. It's really cool. It's from the uh, folks who do Sorted, JD and Alex. and <laughs> From I, the makers of. <laughs> yes, from the makers of. It's a, it's, I think it's fun. They're very good peoples. Yeah, they're a lot of fun to play games with. Mm-hmm. So it's. I think that watching them make a game is going to be a lot of fun. Well. <laughs> or I suppose listening to them making a game. What other shows we got? We've got Them's the Facts, Green Mountain Mysteries, No Dice, Cult Classics. That's the shows we got. Got lots of shows. All right. So definitely, if you need something to listen to, highly recommend going to pocketpodcastnetwork.com and checking it out. If you've got some time to leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes especially, that helps us out a lot. Are those different things? Well, so it's iTunes on the computer, but Apple Podcasts ah, on the phone. That's funny. Anyway. You see, we don't know because we are... Yeah, I don't do the Apple, but please rate us on the Apple. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the organ machines. Yes, for the use of our intro and outro music, Oil Waves from their first EP, Parallels. They're pretty slick. They put out a new music video recently. Check it out. It's very good. It is very, very good. Filmed... At Arabia Mountain, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost one. One of the small mountains around the Atlanta area. Yes, there are several of them. <laughs> Too many to count, honestly. <laughs> Until next time, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Don't buy any more DVDs. It's never how you knew it. Nobody looks at it that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands Saying I never saw
Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.